Today's part four of the series we've been on called The Journey. And the series The Journey has been all about faith, right? And what does the Bible tell us faith is? It says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is putting complete trust in someone or in something. And all of us exhibit faith. We all put trust in things. We all put trust in people. And many times we have misplaced our trust into things that aren't trustworthy. But our God is one that we can trust and we put our faith in him. And as we get ready to jump into this, I, I, I want to start with this statement. We are today, we are where we are today because of people that went before us. In our journey of faith, we are where we are today because of people that went before us. And, and that's true in many facets. As, 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 a, as a person who was born in this country from parents who came from Cuba when they were four, uh, 15 years old, my mom was. My dad was about 10 years old, I believe, when they, they met here. But they came to this country as immigrants with nothing. They, they, they had to strive. It put me in a better position born here, going to school here, going to be able to college here, all these different things. It put me in a better position to be where I am today based on what they laid on the foundation ahead of time. And you see that happen time and time again, where a next generation is able to build upon the last. And in your faith journey, in your faith walk, you and I, we are able to be where we are today because of those that went before us. Perhaps your mother or your father or your grandparent, or maybe you were the first one in your family that came came to the feet of Jesus, and you are laying the foundation for the ones that are going to come after you. But throughout the scripture, we're able to see these men and women who laid a foundation, these, these men and women of faith, these heroes of the faith. Hebrews 11, we've been reading and looking at, and you see all of these men and women of faith. Now, as we get ready to jump into this, I want to talk to you about a place, and, and throughout this whole journey series, we've talked about different hikes and places that we exhibited. My wife last week talked about the turtle encounter, and, and uh, I talked to you guys about Diamond Head, and, and uh, we talked about Kualua Ranch, and today I want to talk about Manoa Falls for a minute. Now, I got a picture of Manoa Falls for that first picture. Look at it. Isn't that beautiful? It is a waterfall. It is about 15 minutes, 20 minutes outside of Waikiki, there right in Oahu. It is 150 foot is the estimate of this waterfall. It's 150 feet. We looked up one of the hikes, and, and we were like, this is an awesome. We're excited. We're going to go. We talked it up. We got everything ready. We got there. We, we, we paid the admission. We got, you know, for, for me, it was carrying the backpack, and, and, and for about half of the one mile up, 800 foot elevation climb on wet, slippery rocks, I also had Samantha on my shoulders and, and all of this fun stuff, and we were, go, 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 and then we got there, and we looked at each other, and we said, who forgot to turn the water on? Like, that previous picture, I found online. That's what the place looks like. This picture, I took there's like not even a trickle. It looks like somebody got a spray bottle and just wet it a little bit. And it's like, what? We did all this climbing. We did all this prepping. I lugged around this munchkin. I, I carried all this stuff. And, and, and we got there. And what now? Yeah, if you go to the next slide, if you can, like, you can almost see it in the girls' faces. They're like, we're here. <laughs> Right, like, like all of us. Look at me. Look at Patty. Look at the girls. We're all like, we're all like, the water's not on. Like, what are we doing, people? 
Look at it, even on this picture here, you, you see they're like, they're like, it's like fake smiles. It's like. Because what we were expecting wasn't what we found. What we were believing for didn't happen. So I want to ask you two questions this morning. The first one is this. What then? What then when you don't see what you're believing for? What do you have faith for? What then? Second question. What then what you are in faith for takes too long or is taking a long time? I, I don't know about you. I don't know if perhaps you're in that state today. Like, like God, when? Like, I'm waiting on you. I'm trusting in you. I have faith, and, and I'm believing for this. I, I, I'm believing for, for, for my spouse or for my kids, or, 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 or I'm believing for, for my papers, or I'm, I'm believing for the X, Y, or Z. Why is it taking so long? We ask that question, what then? Can I tell you something? When you ask the what then, you got to keep believing. Keep believing, keep believing, keep believing. See, faith is about believing. We have to believe. If you go to uh, um, Romans chapter 4 for a minute, Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, verse number 3, it says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Faith requires belief. Faith requires belief. Now, God is not a genie in a bottle. Like this ain't Aladdin and the magic lamp. <laughs> You're wearing genie socks. That's hilarious. That's not what faith is. Faith is not a guarantee, but I can guarantee you that if you don't have faith, it won't happen. One more time. Faith is not a guarantee, but I can guarantee you that without faith, it will not happen. If you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. Faith requires belief. Belief that he who promised is faithful. Belief that no matter what is going on, God will deliver. It requires belief, assurance, trust. And we need to take a moment as we're believing and look around and focus on all that God has done. We're going to be in two passages. I'm going to read two things this morning. Hebrews 11 is the first one, and then we're going to go to Genesis chapter uh, 13. Hebrews 11, and then Genesis 13. In Hebrews 11, I'm going to re start reading starting verse number 8. It says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. 
For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Now, run over to Genesis chapter 12. I think I said 13, but it was chapter 12. And look at here the story of Abraham. It says, now Abram, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And the next verse actually says that Abraham was 75 years old when God told him to do this. So if you're in the later stage of life, I want you to know God still has a plan for you. So looking at these passages... Some things pop out. I, I, again, faith requires belief. But another thing that we need to internalize and write down, get it into memory, is that faith requires obedience. Faith requires obedience. Now, let's talk about obedience for a minute. It doesn't take much to obey when what you're being asked to told you want to do. And go to a water park with a kid and say, go up and go down the slide. Okay, I'll obey, right? No, it's like, slide. Oh, we were on vacation two weeks ago, right? And Samantha would come down the slide and just run out the steps and right back up and down and up and up and down. And it's like, you should slow down. And that doesn't require obedience. You know what requires obedience? When you don't want to do it. Come on, parents, when you tell your kids to pick up. Go clean your room. Mm. If I tell Samantha it's bedtime, you know what she tells me? I'm not tired. I'm not sleepy. Samantha, go pick up the playroom. I'm so tired. Can I go to sleep now? Instant. Instant. Loves to play, but that pickup part, you know, hey, you know, I don't know about that one. So that part requires obedience. Obedience is when we need to do something that perhaps it wasn't what we wanted to. I mean, think about Abram for a second. Abraham was sitting in Haran. Haran is the place that his father had settled in. And he's there, 75 years old. They're comfortable. They've got things settled down. And God says, go to the place I'm going to show you. To the place I haven't even shown you yet. I am going to show it to you. Husbands, think about the conversation with your wife. Hey, hon, God said we're comfortable. 
but we got to go. Okay, if God said it, I believe it. Where are we going? He hasn't told me yet. He just said go. Pero Abraham, are you sure? Like, like you can think the conversation. Imagine it. Think they're Cubans. Think that conversation for a minute. It might have even gotten a little loud. And they weren't yelling. They were just speaking. Right? That's how my mom sometimes. Mom, they're like, you're yelling. No, I just speak loud. Okay. I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, his name is Dirk. He, he's uh, originally from Venezuela. And he was here with his wife. His, his wife is, is American. And they were staying at his parents' house. And at one point, she looks and says, why are your mom and sister arguing? And he says, they're not arguing. They're just having a conversation. It's just the way they talk, right? So I can imagine Abram and Sarah in that, in that conversation. But Sarah, Sarai, God said, go, and we must obey. Faith requires obedience. It requires obedience. We read there in Romans, it says that it was counted as his righteousness that he believed. Then it talks about that God said it and he obeyed. Can I tell you what else faith requires? Write this down. Faith requires action. Faith requires action. If you're not acting on it, there's no faith. It requires action. On Friday, we went to a Walmart to buy certain things we needed for VBS, and VBS starts tomorrow. Thank you for all the volunteers that are helping out, all the people that have been a part of it. And uh, as we're there, and we get to the checkout line, and I'm talking to the lady. It was a Walmart, and, 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 and I'm talking to the lady, and, and I don't know how it came up to the conversation, but she said to me, you know, in Spanish, but she said to me, God helps those who help themselves. And I said, really? She's like, yes. And I said, you know, that's not in the Bible. And she goes, it's not? There's like the, the legit interaction here. I was like, señora, eso no está en la Biblia. She's like, it's not? No. But I will tell you, faith requires an action. See, uh, for a long time, my wife and I were in faith that God was going to bless us with our children when we were praying. And doctors said we couldn't. But it was months later where it really hit me. And I was like, I haven't put any action to this faith. And that's when we drove to Babies R Us and started buying stuff for the babies that doctors told us we couldn't have. And we learned that journey of faith, of putting action. We talked to you last week briefly just the testimony of the earring, which arrived this week. We have both sets of earrings already. And, and the only thing we're missing, I've got to take it somewhere to get a back because, see, I messed up. I didn't tell them to look for the back. I just told them to look for the earring. I should have told them to look for the back too. You know, when, when, when we lost the earring, we prayed. But you know what was the action part? Was going to the front desk. Have you guys found it? Oh, no, but it's an earring. Oh, we haven't found an earring. The lady at the front said, oh, we have the last record of an earring that we found was March 10th. Okay. Where do I give you my information so when you find it, you can send it to me? That was faith. Then go to the next guy. Hey, you're going to check the film. Like, it was faith to go and ask and continuing going. It was action of going to the places, of doing the part. 
You're in faith for a new job? Babo, if you don't get out there and fill out applications and go to interview, it ain't coming. Oh, I'm in faith for God to bring me my spouse. All right, where's the gym membership for the action? Faith requires action. A bunch of you have seen our home, and our, our home is beautiful now. It wasn't that way when we bought it. It was a foreclosure. It had holes in the ceiling. It had mold. I mean, it was bad. My family thought I was raw, off the rockers. They thought I was nuts. I remember my mom, my dad, my aunt, everybody. But you have a six-month-old. How are you going to move into that house? I was like, don't worry. I'm going to fix it before we move in. Like, I got you, you know, like, thanks for letting me know there's mold. I just saw it. Can I tell you, when we first went to the house to view it, we had called our realtor. Hey, we want to go see this house. And we got to the house before the realtor. And it just so happened there was another realtor there showing the house to somebody else. So I, being who I am, because I'm just bananas, I went and I knocked on the door. And I tell the other realtor, I was like, hey, my realtor's on the way. You mind if I just start showing myself around, looking around? The lady's like, yeah, sure, why not? So Patty and I start walking the house. Like, we were in the house for like 45 seconds to about a minute and a half maybe, and we looked and said, we need to put an offer. So we walked outside. I called the realtor and said, turn around, go back to your office and put an offer for this amount. Don't even come. And you know what we did? We got in the car. We drove down to Lowe's. And got a shopping cart and started buying. Oh, there's holes, so we need a new light fixture. Oh, there was this thing. We need light sockets. We need this. And we filled up a shopping cart with things for the house that the realtor hadn't even put in the offering yet. Action. Abram had to put action. What was his action? He left the comfort zone. So faith requires belief. Faith requires obedience. Faith requires action. And here's the fourth one. Faith requires letting go. Faith requires letting go. Oh, monkey bars, monkey bars. Have anybody ever done the monkey bars? I know we can't do it. I can't do monkey bars right now. But at one point in time, I used to be able to do monkey bars. Trust me. And so what do you do on the monkey bars? You, you, you get on it. And you swing. This is hard to do with a, without a, one. And you swing to the other one. And then you might teeter a little bit, but if you don't let go of one ring to push on to the next one, your momentum's going to stop, you're going to get stuck, the dead weight's going to get really heavy, and you're going to fall. What does it require? It requires letting go of the previous ring to swing on to the next ring. And in our faith walk, we need to let go. Abram had to let go of being in Haran. Abraham had to let go of the inheritance that his father had laid up. Abraham had to let go of that to go to the place that God was going to give him, which was so much better. What does that look like in our lives? Some of us, we need to let go of our past. We feel our past disqualifies us. We feel our past doesn't let us do it. We need to let go of our past. Some of us might need to let go of our now. We're just so comfortable right now. It stops our faith. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't need to continue to believe. I'm good. I'm, I'm in a good spot. I, this is, everything is going awesome. How's everything? Everything is great. It's awesome. And if you just stay in that place, sometimes it kills your momentum and you stop believing for the next thing that God wants to do. Some of us need to let go of our past, but some of us need to let go of our now. 
God actually then told Abraham after he gives him the son. Now think about this for a second. He was 75 years old when he was given the promise. He's 100 years old when Isaac is born. 25 years later, I asked you at the beginning, what then when it takes longer than you expect? As a matter of fact, God had began to bless Abraham so much that he had all these camels and he had all the sheep and he had people, he had soldiers, he had servants, he had everything. And one day he looks at God and says, you've given me everything you promised, but my heir is going to be one of my servants. Where's the kid, God? Where is he? When's it coming? And then God gives him Isaac. And when Isaac's about 12 or 13 years old, this is what it believed in the chronology when you read the books of the Bible, it is believed he's about 13, 12, 13 years old. And God says to him, sacrifice Isaac. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. I don't know if he told Sarah the plan. Because I don't know how that conversation would have gone either. But he gets Isaac, he gets the rope, he gets the knife, he gets the firewood, he gets all the stuff, and they start walking up the mountain. And Isaac knows what going up the mountain means. It means we're going to the high place. We're going to worship God. We're going to sacrifice. So Isaac, knowing what it looks like, knowing what it means, says to his dad, yo, dad, I see the firewood. I see the rope. Hey, hey I see the knife. Where's the sacrifice? Abraham looks at him, and he doesn't say, it's you. He answers in a prophetic statement of faith, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. But the provision didn't come instantly. No, 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 no. They got to the top of the mountain. They built the altar. I don't know if he had to like knock Isaac upside the head for a minute or whatever, but he put Isaac on the altar and he tied him down, the Bible says. The Bible says that he had the knife in hand up and then God said, stop. I've seen you will not withhold anything from me. Oh man, can I tell you how many times of ministry I've seen the blessing that God has given someone turn into their God and they're not willing to give it back to him. So what does God ask of us? Be willing to give me back what I've given you. He was mine anyways. Hebrews says that Abraham believed knowing that even if he had to kill him, God would bring him back from the dead. And in the minute that God sees that action about to take faith, God says, stop. And he looks to the side, and there's a ram in the thicket. And he goes and gets the ram, and he does the sacrifice. It may take longer. It may not even come exactly. But will you continue to believe? See, look at what the Bible says. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to do a bunch of reading these next few verses, so just bear with me. I'm going to read it. 
Look at here. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 30. I'm going to go 30 to 39. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, and Samson, and Jephthah, and also David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. All these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. What does that mean? It means that sometimes even that which you believed for, you don't see. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. What is it referring to in this specific passage? All of these men and women were believing for the promise of what? The reign of the Messiah. Jesus didn't come until hundreds of years later for some of them. But what did they do see? You see the conquering of kingdoms. You see all of these things happening around them. As a matter of fact, even Abraham, Abraham who was given the promise of the promised land did not see it. His grandchildren, great, great grandchildren, 400 years later received the promise. What he was believing for, acting in faith for, was for his future generation. And sometimes what we are believing for is not what we're going to see right now with our natural eyes, but our kids' kids will. So keep believing. Keep acting in faith. What then when we don't see it right now? See, when we got to the top there of Manoa Falls, you can look it up. 800 feet of elevation. Elevation. Slippery rocks, 0.8 miles up is what it is. We rushed it. Go, 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 go. So much so that we didn't see anything that we had around us pretty much. And so we get to the top, and, and I look at Patty. I was like, well, this was a waste. And she says, but did you look around? See, I was allowing the fact that the waterfall wasn't on to miss out on everything else I had around me. So I brought it down this way. Don't let, don't miss out on all that God has around you because the waterfall wasn't on. Don't miss out on every other blessing and answered prayer because this one specific thing hasn't happened yet. You know what I had missed? Everything that I saw on the way down. Look at this. Beautiful trees and all these things that are hundreds and hundreds of years old. Look at this valley. All of that greenery. The lushness of the trees. I hadn't seen any of that. Because I was focused on getting to the falls. But when the falls weren't there, 
and I thought my trip was wasted, I had a voice in my wife that reminded me, but look at everything else God made here. Take a minute and stop and look and see everything that God has done. Look at everything that he is doing in your life right now. Everything that has taken place. I'm sure that in the, mo in the moment that Abraham was thinking, okay, but when is this coming? And, he, and then God gently reminds him, hey, you remember when I spoke to you when you took the action of leaving? Hey, do you remember how I was with you when you went and rescued Lot? Hey, do you remember when I was with you with this? Hey, I gave you Isaac. I can give it again. All of these things being reminded. And in Hebrews 11 there, it tells you all of these men and women, Rahab, in faith, she hid those spies. I'm sure that there were moments where she thought when she was sitting inside of the, uh, of the walls of Jericho and she sees the Israelites walking around and she might even be asking herself, God, do you remember the scarlet cord is there? And then all of a sudden there's a thunderous thing and the walls fall, except the one she was in. How about Joseph, who in faith looks at his children and his brothers and says, when God brings deliverance, don't leave my bones in Egypt, take them with you. He didn't see it, but he believed it was coming. And this morning, I encourage you and I challenge you in this journey of faith. Don't miss out on what God is doing and has done because of one little thing that wasn't on yet. Look at everything God has done. Look at all the other things that's taking place around you and continue to believe, strive, focus, and build on that because where we are today is built upon the people that went before us. And guess what? The generations after us will be able to build on what happened today. That's the faith journey. It's not just getting to the end. It's about the process getting there in faith that God is in control. Sometimes we don't understand it. Actually, that's not true. The majority of times I think I don't understand it. But God never calls you to understand. He calls you to believe. He calls you to trust. He calls you to act in faith. And boy, he calls you to obey. And when we do that, we will see it come to pass. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Believe. Obey. Put action. Let go. Because in that, faith is activated to receive that which started as a belief. Let's stand to our feet. Father, this morning, we're all dealing with different things, God. We're all believing for different things. But in who we believe, you, Jehovah Rapha, healer, Jehovah Jireh, provider, Jehovah Sitkanu, righteousness, Jehovah Nisi, my banner. In you who we believe, we have confidence. And Father, this morning, I pray that our faith be stirred to continue to believe. That we position ourselves to hear and then we act and obey. 
letting go of what you say to let go. And we thank you, Father, for we will see it come to pass because we believe in Jesus' name. As we enter a few minutes of worship, I want you just to talk to God, whether you're online or in the building. Just talk to God for a minute as we're worshiping. And ask him, God, what do I need to obey in? What action do you want me to put? What did you want me to let go of, God? And as he tells you, make covenant with him. I will obey.